Hi, I'm Erin, and this podcast is all about me stepping into my truth as a psychic medium. I started reading spiritual books in fall 2019 after I looked around at my life in my boring nine to five thinking, this just can't be it. Then in January, 2023, over three years after I started reading these spiritual books, it clicked. I had been a medium for years and I had no idea. On this podcast, I will discuss a range of topics all about spirituality, limiting beliefs, ego deaths, soul mission, and so much more. I record each podcast episode whenever I get inspired to record, and that's usually on a morning walk or when I'm sitting in the park. Anything that sticks out to me as a sign or a message from spirit, I say it aloud in the podcast episode. So before you listen, pick your own sign or a message from your spirit team, and you never know, it just might come up. Let's talk about how guilt has no transformative value at all in spirituality. Okay, I'm looking at numbers now. Wow, just popped up. 111. Uh, one of my neighbor's homes is for sale. That, the ending numbers are 111. And then to my right, it looks like a little Buddha statue um, sitting there. So what does guilt do for you? All it does, in my opinion is make you less of an asshole, but it doesn't help you transform. So what I mean by that, um, my own guilt. I have dealt with guilt for years about where I'm born, where I'm from. So for those who don't know, uh, my name is Erin. I am from Stone Mountain, Georgia. Um, I was born in 1991, so that makes me 31 years old, August 20th, 1991. And uh, I was born to two physicians. And... Um, However, both of my parents grew up in poverty. Uh, My mother is from New Orleans, Louisiana. She grew up in the lower ninth ward of New Orleans. And my father grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, in Edmondson Village. So very humble beginnings. They didn't have shit. They didn't have anything. My dad was one of three. My mom was one of seven. At my mom's home, there was seven children in the house and two parents in a two-bedroom home. In New Orleans, like they didn't have anything, like nothing. My grandmother, my maternal grandmother, um, she was a homemaker, so she was a housewife. She lived in the house, and she finished the eighth grade, and that's it. She had to drop out of school to go work to support her family. So my grandmother even grew up even more, you know, impoverished than my mother did. And I remember I said on a YouTube video once, I said something like, "My grandmother wasn't educated." And what I meant was she was not educated in the school system. And some girl was like, don't say your grandmother is not educated. First of all, don't you ever tell me what to do when it comes to my family. What the hell is wrong with you? No, she was not educated in school. She's a smart woman. But I'm saying she's educated like in the school of life. But I meant I just like you have to have discernment. I said people just want to pull at any fucking thing which I never understood but no my grandmother was not oh two 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 on the podcast just now I looked down to see the time two 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 and people just want to say whatever so anyway she did not uh, go to high school she had to work and um my grandfather my maternal grandfather he was a mail clerk I think he finished high school that was about it. Um, I think he tried to go to college, but it didn't really work out. But he was a male clerk, so he wasn't a male man. I always thought he was a mailman, <laughs> but he was not a mailman. He was, uh, like I guess, like at the front desk at the mail post office in New Orleans. Again, humble beginnings. 
freaking humble beginnings. And so um, my, on my dad's side, my paternal grandfather was a, either a mechanic or electrician. I can never, ever remember. I don't know why I can't remember. And my um, paternal grandmother, she was a secretary at John Hopkins, I think hospital, something like that. And so humble beginnings, humble effing beginnings. Oh, coming to some construction, maybe a little loud. And so as I was growing up, I always knew these things. Like I always knew this, right? That my parents were born in situations that were kind of built to keep them down. Like no money, like poor black areas. And my parents always wanted me to have more. They wanted me, their children, their future unborn children, to not have to have the financial struggle that they did. And so that's what they did. They went to, um, I think my mom went to Xavier University uh, for undergrad. After that, she went to um, medical school at LSU, Louisiana State. And then my father, undergrad, went to Georgetown. And then from medical school, he went to Howard. So it's like real rags to riches story type shit. You know what I mean? But that, oh, look down, 444. <laughs> That's not my story. That is not my story. My story is not one of financial struggle. And I feel like a lot of people wear that badge of, oh, I used to be this and now I'm that as like you're more righteous than someone else. If that makes sense, like, oh, well. I'm self-made, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, what does self-made mean? Let's break down self-made. First of all, my parents, I guess you could say they're self-made because they came from no money to a lot, but let's really break it down. Let's really break down <laughs> what it means to be self-made. Because for me, I'm definitely not self-made financially. I think that's what most people think about. I am divinely made. I'm community made. It took a village to raise me. I'm village made, family made. I'm not self-made. My parents were loved. I think a lot of people really like, Kai, how are you? I feel like a lot of people really be looking down. Oh, 222 on the car. Um, this guy is cutting grass doing landscaping. 222 on his truck. So a lot of people really, really be putting aside love were you loved as a child let's let's look at let's look at two different instances one instance your parents make a combined income of five hundred thousand dollars a year okay let's let's up it a million dollars a year fantastic but they abused you they were physically abusive mentally abusive emotionally abusive to you every single day of your life telling you that you're a worthless piece of trash telling you that you could never be anything without them da, da, da. so you are broken down since you were little, but outward appearances, you, you, your family brings in a million dollars a year. You're rich. And let me tell you, just because your parents got money don't mean you do. All right. You may benefit from uh, financially. Absolutely. Let's not get it twisted. That money's not important. It, it certainly is. But don't kick it like just from the outside. Oh, they make a lot of money, so they shouldn't have any problems. All right. So let's take that instance. That's scenario number one. Let's say scenario number two. 
let's say my mother, for example, grew up in poverty. Uh, she told me that she had two outfits, a school outfit and a home outfit. She said she didn't step foot into a restaurant to eat until she was 18 years old. That, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of situation she was dealing with. And so let's say my mother, for example, scenario two, she was loved as a child, but they didn't have shit monetarily, but loved, told that she could be anything that she wants to be, told that she could, she could be a physician one day, that she could. Life was breathed into her during her childhood, even though they didn't have any fucking money. So which scenario would you rather have? You tell me. Which scenario would you rather have? Would you rather have the family income of a million dollars? You do you you go to private school, you do this, but your family literally told you that you were a worthless piece of trash, and literally you have like, you have all these issues that come with having abusive family. You have no family to turn to, nobody, nothing. You have nothing. Or would you take the love, support of a family who may not be able to provide for you financially, but every other way? They breathe life into you. I would take scenario number two. Some of you may t- take scenario number one. Oh, child, this, this is a hill. I can't do this. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Jesus on the cross. So which one would you rather be in? So I, I'm not saying money is not important. Money is very important. I feel like there's huge financial discrepancy. I feel like there's so many people in this world. Like We could be, live as humans. We could be in a place where all of our basic needs are met. All of our basic needs are met. I believe that shit. I believe the people at the top really be trying to keep, like, keep others down. I get that. I get that. However, would you rather have the love as a child or the money minus the love? Love is so powerful. I'm only saying this to say just to help you open your mind to love is so much more powerful than money. Do you know how many people literally be like, I just want to get the money. I just want to get the money. And when they get the money, they're literally miserable because the only focus was on the money. Will money give you housing? Yes. Will money give you food? Yes. I'm talking about beyond basic needs. I'm not talking about if you don't know where your next paycheck's coming from, you're on the street. Not talking about that. I'm talking about people who have hmm, a month, two months of income to live off of. That's why most people are. You have your basic needs met. You work, food's on the table, you have your basic needs met. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have an iPhone, you have a computer, you have internet. Do you know how many people, we can, all, we can do this all day. Oh, well, I didn't grow up with any money. There's someone else in another country, in a village, in a hut somewhere, who doesn't have shoes, who doesn't have clothes, who doesn't have internet, who doesn't have money, who doesn't have access to fresh water, has nothing. I was watching this um, the other day. I was watching a documentary, uh, a Bill Gates documentary on Netflix. It came out years ago. Um, it was called, it's called something in the mind of Bill or some, some shit like that. And there was literally people in, I think it was, I can't remember what country, so I won't say, um, I won't say, like try and like put that country out there if it's not the right country. But some country, they literally, children were dying of dehydration, which is just unheard of, unheard of in countries like the United States. And so people are dying from dehydration. It's because they were playing in water that they were also were going to the bathroom in. Okay. Usually in America, we're not dealing with shit like that. Okay, but in other countries there are. So there's always going to be someone who has it worse off than you. Always. So you're holding on to this self-righteous. Well, I was self-made. I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Someone else out there didn't grow up with as much as you had. We can do it all day. 
We can do it all day. So what I'm saying to you is this guilt that I feel about being where I fr- where I'm from, it really transcends income because I'm a budget coach, so I help my clients learn how to budget, learn how to look at their money, all this stuff. And they will tell me the exact same thing that I just told you. But they didn't grow up with anything that I did. They're like, well, I feel really guilty because, you know, my parents got it out. Some girl said she, she said she got it. She didn't get it out the mud, which I thought was hilarious. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, but, but she would explain her financial situation like when she was a child. And I was just like, what? And the reason we go to childhood is because I think it's really important to see why you are. Why do you feel the way you feel? What happened to you as a child? What financial situation did you have as a child that made you believe all this stuff about money? Every single one of my clients feels like they're not deserving of money, no matter if if their parents had a lot of money or their parents didn't have a lot of money. Every single one says they don't deserve shit. And there's always someone else out there who deserves more than they do. We all deserve because we're we're human beings. So deserving doesn't have anything to do with it. Do you want it? Then you can get it. It's not about who deserves it and who doesn't. We all deserve it. No one deserves it more than someone else. We are all human beings. And so they'll tell me they don't feel like they deserve money. They feel guilty. And I'm just like, it doesn't make sense. So what I would say to them is, all right, both my parents are physicians. Do you think that I deserve money? Do you think that I deserve money? My parents are physicians. I grew up in a much better financial, more comfortable financial situation than you did. Do I deserve money? Oh, instantly. Oh, yes, Aaron. Um, you know, we don't know everyone's story. Every single one of them. Oh, we, you know, you don't know everyone's story. Oh, a beautiful red cardinal just dancing in front of me right now uh, on the on the phone wire. I heard cardinals uh, mean like spirit realm or some some shit like that. So I really they're so beautiful. I always look at them. whenever I see signs. I'm not really like looking up what they mean. Sometimes I do. Um, I'm, this is more just like a wink for me, if that makes sense. Unless it's like repeated. Then I'm like, what the hell does that mean? But it's more like a wink to say that my ancestors are here, my spirit guides are here. That's what it means for me. The divine is here. And so it's just nonsense. Now, am I who I am today, Aaron, because of where I come from? Absolutely. Could I ever have gotten to where I am without my parents? Probably not. Maybe they did. They made it without any reason. My parents made it without any resources. So who's to say that I would have, I will never know in this lifetime. That is not my struggle. That is not my burden to bear. Financial, uh, the, the financial pattern in my family of poverty was broken with my parents. It's going to take someone in your lineage to break it. Why not let it be you? And when you do break it, you're gonna have children who are like me that didn't have to financially struggle. Is that not the point? Is that not the point? So for me, what, is, what pattern am I breaking? And for me, it's the spiritual one. I don't, I don't know anyone in my family who is connected to the divine, who's connected to their spirit guides, who's connected to ancestors in the way that I'm trying to be. Nobody do I know. And for me, what really kept me back, because you know that I, for three years, from fall 2019 all the way till December 2022, I was studying these books, reading these books, and now I'm still doing that in 2023. But what really held me back that I did not know was guilt. So if you listen to the last episode, you know that I had a Kundalini awakening on January 11th, 2023. The day before, I mentioned on January, I want to say, 
10th. 2023 and i'm trying to make sure these these dates are right and i'll put it in the show notes if i if i need to correct it on january 10th 2023 i had a rapid resolution therapy session and i was horrified i was so scared i was like i feel like i'm gonna be a different person like am i gonna feel guilt ever because i really needed this guilt to come off of me never knowing a kundalini was coming never knowing psychic mediumship was coming never knowing that that was coming i just wanted to be able to listen to what the divine was saying to me more and more that's why that's why that's it i just needed this guilt removed and i heard the first person who introduced me to it was Catherine zinkina a manifestation babe y'all heard me talk about her in a previous podcast y'all gotta li- y'all gotta follow her she's fantastic and she said she was raving about it and this and that. And so I couldn't afford the guy that she uh, that she goes to. His name is Dr. Dr. John Connolly. He's the one I think he made up rapid resolution therapy. I'm going to refer to it as RRT uh, for the rest of the episode. And he's three thousand dollars for two 90 minute sessions. And I was like, I cannot fucking afford that at this time. I just spent a lot of money on another coach. I've just bought I just purchased uh services from two separate coaches like I don't have the money I really don't and then I was googling and I was looking through it and um, I still sent in my request and I was like "Hmm, you know maybe maybe they'll reach out to me maybe they won't and they were like oh another cardinal guys another cardinal (laughs) someone I guess his on his staff called and introduced me to like other people on his site that were like his protégés or like trained with him whatever Um, and I found one her name was Tamara and the reason I picked her, she lives in Atlanta and she went to Georgia State, just like me. I was like, okay, well, I went to Georgia State. I'm from Atlanta. I'm just going to pick her. There was no pull to pick her. I just picked her. <laughs> and other people on the site, they were like, oh, I only, we only take California clients or something. So I was like, I'm not dealing with this shit. I'm just going to go with someone. The only person on this thing that's in Georgia. Went with her, met with her, told her I was horrified and scared. I just didn't know what to expect. I literally didn't even look up what was rapid resolution therapy, really. I looked up just like testimonials about it, but I really didn't know like what to expect. Like I thought she was going to have like a pendulum and I was going to have to like go out. Like, I thought she was going to like hypnotize me. She didn't do none of that shit. I literally was like, hey, tomorrow, like, do you need me to lay down? She was like, no. <laughs> she was like, no, you don't need to lay down. And she literally talked to me for like an hour, hour and a half. Gone. Gone. I could no longer access the guilt it was not there do you understand what i'm saying the guilt was gone completely gone now it may take one i'd say like one to four sessions to completely release something that's really like pushing you down like that but a lot of the times it can just happen in one session it's just gone it's just gone and so I like, was on a high for like three weeks. I was like, oh my God, I cannot feel guilt anymore. I cannot feel guilt. And she just talked to me. Basically what she did was she talked to my subconscious mind without my conscious mind knowing. Like she would say things in certain ways that my conscious mind did not really catch and made my subconscious, it was talking right to my subconscious mind. The way she described it, at, it was like, um, you know when you go to the beach and the kids are playing with like the sand so they'll put a bunch of sand on this like um 
rack, I guess, and then shake it out. And then you'll just have the rocks left and all the sand has kind of like poured through the pores of that little board or whatever. So she's saying that imagine putting wet sand on that. Wet sand cannot get through those porous things the way dry sand can. So what she did was talk to my subconscious mind and make that wet sand go through the pores in the, I wish I knew what that board was called, but y'all should understand what I'm saying. She, she just made it go through and because my subconscious mind was stuck. Oh, this is okay. So there's a bluebird. Oh my God, there's two. It's called a Western bluebird. And oh, there's three. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's a Western bluebird. And so there's three and the, the, oh, oh my God. I feel like these are my ancestors because <laughs> I first, the first time I ever saw these birds was yesterday. The bluebird that I, I don't know if it was on the podcast that I described this bluebird, but it fo- it was following me yesterday on my morning walk. And I was like, oh my God, this is such a beautiful bird. I usually don't see that kind of bird ever. Usually I see the same kinds and that bluebird I've never seen. It's called a Western bluebird. And three of them just now just crossed in my path. One, two, three. And the three uh, grandparents I shared with you, my maternal um, grandfather and grandmother, their name is Theus and August. And then my paternal grandfather, Rudolph, all three. And what's so interesting on another morning walk, um, before I started this podcast, uh, there were three like huge hawks flying in the sky, like right over me. Like, and I would never have seen them, but they were like, Oh my God. No, those are bluebirds. I mean, those are blue jays. I don't like blue jays, child. Blue jays. mm -mm -mm. I feel no connection to know that. No fucking uh, blue jay. Anyway. So where was I? Oh yeah. So she was getting the gunk out of my head, out of my subconscious. My conscious, my conscious mind knew that I did not need this guilt anymore. What is guilt doing for you? Okay. You're not an asshole. You understand that people, that other people have less privilege than you. Fine. Now what, what are you going to do about it? We all have a divine mission in this life. And this is Dr. Michael Beckwith. He says to be, in, no, no, no. He says, uh, Oh, 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 it's coming to me. What did he say? I love him. <laughs> he says, um, we have a divine mandate in this lifetime to express the cosmos as our very life. The cosmos meaning the divine. We have a divine mandate oh, to express the abundance that's within us, to, to express that limitless that's within, that's within us, to express that divineness that's within us. We're supposed to express that through us and be used by the divine that is our mission how do you use me how can i be your instrument show me and what is guilt going to do but keep you back from that from the books i've read from the podcast i listen to we have chosen this life okay so i'm now looking at a rock it says be safe on it it's a red rock that says be safe Not sure what that means, but it stuck out to me, so I decided to say it out loud. So yeah, it doesn't do anything for you. We have a soul mission. We have a soul mission. You understand, all the guilt can do is show you that you understand that there are disparities. There are always going to be disparities. Always. And so I think where I was leaving off was my soul chose this. All of our souls, from what I'm reading, chose this life. Oh, and I also was saying, don't just take into consideration what I'm saying. Go do your own research. Don't just listen to one person and then run off and be like, oh, Aaron said this and it didn't work. Blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever. Like, if I say something that's triggering to you, don't listen to it or listen to it and think, hmm, why is this triggering to me? Delve deeper into your subconscious mind of why it's triggering to me. Why? And so, but leave. I always tell all my clients, 
take what feels expansive, leave what feels restrictive. Don't listen to a fucking thing I'm saying. I'm just letting you know what I'm experiencing. That's it. I'm trying to reach someone out there who is going through the same shit that I am and feeling less alone. But if that's not you, then that's okay. I'm not here to fucking serve everybody. That's not my goal. My goal is to just be a springboard. I am not the answer. I'm just trying to add to this spiritual realm, this, this kind of confusing realm that I don't understand fully and sharing my story through it, through this mediumship. Wild. So guilt is not going to serve me. So I am going to meet with Tamara again, maybe next week to just help it, help it through a lot more because a little bit has come back. It is not, it is not nearly what it was before, but it's come back a little bit. And so I'm going to need to get that off of me so I can grow because literally the second I had that rapid resolution therapy session after three years of spiritual practice, because the spiritual practice is key. You can't just be like, oh, I just want to, you know, be all spiritual and shit. Talk to spirit guides, talk to my answers, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to go through rapid resolution therapy. That's not how it is. It was the combination of me showing up, raising my vibration for three effing years straight. Then having that uh, kind of come off of me, that guilt come off of me. And then I was an open channel to receive the kundalini awakening. Okay, but don't get it twisted like this was just our rapid resolution therapy. It wasn't. So I think a lot of us try and just like pick out, okay, what did she do? And what did she do? Everyone's journey is different. I'm telling you, it took me years to get here. It's not a, a, a quick fix. Okay, I'm looking at another sign. These are morning doves. <laughs> They're morning doves on the side of a, um, a book box, you know, or a book mailbox. I don't know if y'all have ever seen that, but in Georgia, there's a lot of like book mailboxes. And let me look at at these books i don't know what any of these books are but there are morning doves on the side and they're so beautiful oh my goodness okay okay so now i'm looking there's an orange okay there's a bird this bird has been following me too just starting this morning i just saw it i've never seen this bird it has an orange beak and orange wings and then a brown like body with like black around the eyes and kind of like a little mohawk that's orange and i'll put in the show notes what that is because i really feel like Oh my God, why is it so close to me? Why are you following me? Let me tell y'all, birds, birds love me. And what's really wild is my sister is horrified of birds. Horrified, like deathly crying. I have to protect her from birds constantly. I'm like, bitch, you need to go to RRT because <laughs> it also takes away phobias. It takes away um, addictions. It takes away, that, takes away that trauma. Like in a session, I'm not lying. Look this shit up. It'll come off of you. So a lot of this through spiritual practice whatever's holding us back is it guilt is it trauma is it something like we have to take have self-responsibility and remove back the layers we have to show up for our limiting beliefs and lim a limiting belief is just a, a fake story that we tell ourselves over and over again because at the end of the day some for a lot of us our limiting beliefs serve us in a way so that we serve that fear so that we don't have to do what we want to do like if I just sat around being guilty all day and being like, oh, well, I don't, I, I just want to play a small. My parents were physicians and um, they made it out, but I didn't, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to serve who I came the fuck here to serve. Get over it. Talking to myself. Get over it. You're guilty because you were born where you were born. Use that advantage. We all have advantages. What about the people who aren't, who are, who are um, able-bodied? I'm able-bodied. Do you know there are people out here without no fucking legs and arms and eyes? What about them? 
Like I said earlier, there's always someone who has it worse off than you. You got two fucking legs. You have sight. You have hearing. We take that shit for granted and be like, well, they have money. So would you rather be a vegetable, have no ears, no eyes, and have $10 million? Or would you rather be able-bodied and start with nothing and see what the fuck you can do? I know what we all would pick. I know what we all would pick. And that person, probably in that, who, who's in that situation where they just don't have a mind, they're not even there because whatever happened, they probably would trade everything. All that 10 million that they have, they'd trade it in just to be, be able to walk, to talk, to move, to look at someone, to love someone. That shit is so fucking important, but don't get it twisted. What I'm saying, have some discernment because if you want to mishear what I'm saying, you will. If you want to mishear me, you will. Money is so fucking important. It is important, but everything is important too. Everything. Stop putting shit on different pedestals. There's a law called, hi, there's a law called, there's a, a, a law of neutrality. I believe that's what it's called. Law of neutrality. Where if you want to manifest something, you have to believe that it's already here and be neutral about it. We cannot get caught up with, oh, this is above the, mm, hear what I'm saying. If you want to manifest something, say I'm sitting on a chair right now. Okay, there's a step next to me. Say I'm sitting on this fucking step. I have to believe that my desires are here just as much as I'm sitting on this step. Now, am I appreciative that this step is here? Yeah. Am I looking every 10 seconds to make sure the step isn't going to fall? No. Am I like, oh, oh, I'm I'm, going to lose this chair. No, no, no. We know for a fact I'm so neutral to sitting on this fucking step on this chair. I'm neutral to it because it's already here. That's how you have to feel about your desires for them to manifest into reality. Like, no big deal. It's already here. Oh, I want to make $10 million a year. You have to be able to, in your mind, make it as if you are trying to manifest sitting on this step that you're already sitting on. Go back and listen to what the fuck I just said again. You're not going to understand me. Go back and listen to it again. And a lot of people are just like, oh, well, I have to worry about money. You don't know. Okay, then you have to. Whatever you say is true. I have to worry about money, so I make money. All right, then that is the truth that you have in this lifetime. You have to struggle. You have to work hard. You have to feel guilt in order for you to have money. Great. Whatever you say is true. But on the flip side, money comes to me easily. I am guilt-free. The easier I work, the more money comes to me. Then that is your truth, too. And a lot of this shit with manifestation, people are like, well, I, I want to get, I, I want to have evidence before it happens. It doesn't work like that. I was listening to this man. <laughs> I was listening to this man uh, after my Kundalini awakening. I forgot his name, but he was a Hindu, like, spiritual teacher. Because a Kundalini awakening is a Hindu is in the Hindu religion. Um, and for me, I believe in all religions. I believe in Hinduism, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, like Buddhism. They're all so beautiful to me. I believe in all religions, all of them. I'm not, I don't subscribe to one, especially because I had a fucking Kundalini awakening that I'm not Hindu. So all this shit is really the same to me. And so he was expressing that, um, why do you think that you're absolved of suffering? I like laughed. He was like, why do you think that somebody got to tell you something? Somebody's got to, uh, you, you're not going to be tested in this life. You're not going to be trained in order for you to embody the version of you that you want to be. I was like, oh my God, why do you think that you've got to have some evidence first? Who are you? 
you are not the divine. <laughs> you don't have control over how the universe works. You are one with it. Either you're going with it or you're going against it. And it's up to you what you want to do with, about that. You can stay over there with your guilt, with your shame, with your fear, with your beautiful home and your beautiful children. And then you wake up at 60 and say, what the fuck did I just do for the last 60 years? I did what I was supposed to do. I made it out of XYZ situation. I did what everyone said I should. I got married and had two children. Not to say I don't love my family, but there's something still missing. There's something still missing. And if you continue to peel back the layers, subside that fear, take away your limiting beliefs. And it's not just that. And showing up for your spiritual practices, believing that you are limitless, believing that you are abundant, believing that your desires are already here, believing that the divine is working through you, believing that your ancestors are here, believing that your spirit guides are here, believing that you are worthy, believing that I don't want what I want. I want what the divine wants of me. Show me how to go through there. Go there. Once you get to that level, the shit busts wide the fuck open. You don't have to believe me. I'm going to make an episode eventually about all the books that I read, all the coaches that I signed up for um, in order for me to get here. Now, back to the money situation. Money is important. Don't get it fucking twisted. I've spent, let's see, a lot of money. And I'm going to break it down when I do my podcast episode about my uh, which coaches I signed up for, what programs I signed up for, and books. And I'm going to break down the money. It takes money, but money is energy. You've got to be neutral to the money so that it comes back to you. And back to guilt before I end my tirade. (laughs) Guilt does not serve you. It does not serve you. Some people think that they have to have their guilt in order to be a good person. What the fuck? Get on with your life. Get on with your life mission. Your greatest form of joy, your gifts, your talents, your skills combined with your service to others is your dharma, is your purpose. That's Sahara Rules and um, Deepak Chopra. Look up. This is your homework. Look up law of dharma, law of purpose. Look it up. Your purpose in this lifetime, your highest form of joy, and your highest form of service. That is your dharma. You will experience the exaltation of your soul, Deepak Chopra says. And why am I able to spit facts like this? Why am I able to like say who said what? Da, da, da? Because I literally told you on the last episode, not only do I read these books, I annotate the book. Type up the annotations. Yeah, it takes me weeks to type up the annotation because it's a fucking, it takes forever. And then I continue to read that shit over and over and over again. Now I got to the point in December 2022, I realized, okay, I feel like I was relying on my readings too much. In December 2022, I did a, um, what's it called? A cleanse of any readings. I just did a, I did the, I did like a 30 day meditation program, but I didn't read anything in December 2022. You know what I realized? You know what I realized? I memorized it. I memorized everything that I was already. It's in my subconscious mind right now because I worked my ass off for three years unknowingly memorizing. I didn't go out there, but I need to memorize this shit. I was showing up. I was looking for the answers in my text. I was looking for the answer. So every time I had a question, I knew where it was going to go. Oh, a little red robin. Beautiful. 
um, I knew where it was. So I would go to it and be like, I need to reread this. I need to reread where, where da, 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 da. And then when I finally was like, I feel like I'm relying on my stuff too much. I think someone, I think it was Sahara Rose. I was listening to a YouTube video by her and she was like, she did some kind of cleanse of readings or something because we, you really can get caught up in a reading and stop like really trusting your own intuition. And I feel like that was happening for me. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just do that. Like, I'm just going to cleanse. And I realized I memorized it. The reason I'm spitting all this shit is because it's in my subconscious mind because I worked for it for three years. If you don't want to work for this, I think some people are like, oh, spirituality is so lovey-dovey and so fantastic and everything's easy. No, the fuck it's not. This shit is so hard. It's so much easier. I, I know exactly what it feels like to just be quote-unquote normal. Oh, I know what it feels like now. And I would never trade my spirituality for anything in the world. I'm willing to suffer I'm willing to experience pain because that's what I signed up for. We signed up to have a human experience. My soul signed up for this. I am not this body. I am a soul within this body. In me, as a human being, I'm going to listen to what my soul tells me to do. Even when it sounds like it's counterintuitive, I'm going to fucking do it. Because that's what I signed up for. I signed up for suffering. I signed up for pain. That doesn't mean allow people to run over you. Again, have discernment. You're not going to understand what I'm saying if you don't want to. Because I don't take shit from nobody is what I'm saying. Like, I'm not just going to have pain for nothing. But I understand I'm going to be put in certain situations to guide me and to mold me so that I can then embody the version of me that I want to, to embody. If I want to go from Aaron A to Aaron B, there are lessons that Aaron A needs to learn so that she can be vibrating at the level of Aaron B. I've got to raise my vibration by learning the lessons. Thank you, Divine, for this. I'm grateful for this. And keep going and keep showing up and see your world turn upside down. Huh, I'm off it. Been yelling at y'all. Somebody under, out there understood me. I appreciate you. And I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. To end it, oh, is that a two, two, two? I can't see it in the distance. Ah, is that two, two, two? I'm trying to end it on a good note. Oh, it's seven, two, seven, two. So maybe that might be someone's, someone's sign. Y'all have a good day. Talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed, I'd love for you to leave a review. If you have any questions or would just like to chat, please DM me on Instagram at Aaron.